0: future date. In the meantime, uh, I guess you get to put up with me for a few minutes here, and uh, what, a, what a powerful morning with the worship, with the video. Tim, thank you for your work on that. Uh, that was incredible, and the, the rich history that we have uh, because of what people have done here for years and years, and because of the way God has worked uh, through, through the lives of people just like us. And that's what I kind of want to talk about this morning, is how God works through us. And so I want to start out in Matthew, and in a minute we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, but to get there we've got to start in Matthew chapter 4, and later we're going to go to the book of Acts chapter 2 at the very end. So if you're a planner and you like to know where we're going to be and what we're going to be doing, that's kind of what we'll do this morning. We're going to start out in Scripture, but I've got some stories that I want to kind of weave through that, and hopefully it all comes together, right? Hopefully it'll come together, so... Uh, so in in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus has just finished being tempted by the devil. He's been fasting, he's been praying, and so he he comes back from that and he finds out that his cousin John has, has been put in prison. And so it tells us in verse 12 of Matthew 4: when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he returned to Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum. And so Jesus gets back from this amazing wilderness experience he finds out his cousin is is in prison he heads to Capernaum and it says this in verse 17 from that time on Jesus began to preach repent for the kingdom of heaven is near I want to say that again he began to preach repent for the kingdom of heaven is near and I want to stop that that verse is going to lead us into chapter 6 in just a minute I don't know exactly what this verse means. I wish I did, and I wish I had a little more time uh, than a day to figure out exactly what's going on here, but I think the disciples probably had a good guess at what this meant, right? Hey, the kingdom is near. Here we go. This guy is starting to keep We're going to follow I mean, right after this, he starts calling disciples to follow him. They say, this is our chance to get out of the fishing business. This guy's starting the kingdom. We're going to be at the top where they're they're, you know dean was telling us about the the special cabinet they've created right this guy's going to create a a cabinet there's going to be nice high positions for me to serve right maybe that's what they were thinking i don't know maybe they were just so compelled by jesus they just wanted to follow they just wanted to be around him but he says the kingdom of heaven is near maybe what he meant he's about to launch into this famous sermon the sermon on the mount and maybe what he meant is if you'll do these things that i'm going to tell you about if you live the way that I'm going to suggest you live, that you'll experience kingdom life. Maybe that's what he meant. But anyways, it's, I, I feel like we didn't get everything there. I'm like, Matthew, could you have given us just a little more than the kingdom of heaven? Is that really all he said? I mean, that'd be a sermon, right? Kingdom of heaven near Y'all have a good day. We're done. We're No, there, there had to be more, right? And we don't have it unless it is Matthew 5, 6, and 7. So we're going to jump over to Matthew chapter 6. And I was kind of... Um, I guess I don't know if you would use the word scrambling, but last night I was kind of looking through some things and putting a, a lesson together. And I went back through some old stuff just to see if there was anything I may maybe have, have said in the past that, that could, could help us out a little bit today. And I found, I had actually forgotten I did this. I found a lesson that I preached in 2012. I got invited to a church in Nashville to speak at their summer series. And they were doing a series on fasting and prayer. And so they asked me to come talk about fasting and prayer. And they gave me a scripture from Matthew 6. And this isn't our whole lesson, but this is just a little piece in the middle that I'm going to kind of build from. So they gave me this passage from Matthew chapter 6 and said, we want you to come talk about prayer and fasting. And what I told them is so fitting for for this church at 4th Avenue because we are a praying church. This is a church where we've been implored from this very stage to fast fast to discern, to ask God what type of church he would have us be. So prayer and fasting are in our DNA, right? There are several of you that could come up here right now and talk about prayer and fasting and share facts and information and also testimonials about what prayer and fasting has done in your life. So I want to read these scriptures, and then I want to tell you what I told this church back in 2012. Okay, so let's look at these verses. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. He says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. But when you pray, go into your, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. I want to jump over just a few verses. This will be on the screen as well. He says the same, almost the exact same thing about fasting. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. For they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your father. Who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you and so in 2012 I'm preparing to go give this lesson on prayer and fasting and I'm thinking what great thing can I tell this church about how to pray and how to fast what wonderful information can I give them how can I really change their prayer lives right I mean I need to really give them something right to completely just jumpstart their prayer lives right I need to help them Fast in ways that makes things happen they've never thought imaginable, and then I backed up for just a second. I said, "Hold on, just a minute," because see what I oftentimes try to do, and I can—I'm guilty of this. Maybe none of you are, but I make things about me, right? I make things about me. How can I be good at praying? How can I be a good faster? And I start to become a little bit like that hypocrite out on the street corner, man. You know, and and. All right, so let me check this off, right? Okay, tithing, all right, did that. There's a box back there for that. Came to church Sunday morning, okay, I'm here for that. All right, prayer, I'll probably work that in at halftime during one of the games this afternoon, during looking at my bracket, right? I can get prayer in, so I can check that one, right? And it turns into this list of things that I want to check off so that I can measure up, right? I've got to measure up, so I'm going to pray and fast, and so I'm going to tell you how to pray. And it hit me, I thought, you know what, the very fact that in the middle of this, this sermon that Jesus shares in Matthew, chap, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 that shapes everything we do, he stops in the middle and tells us how to pray and fast. And it's not so that we can be good at prayer and fasting, but it's because we have a God who wants a relationship with each one of us. It's not about me becoming some great prayer person. It is about the fact that God... Wants a relationship with you. Isn't that just, that just blows me away that the creator of everything, the sustainer not only of this creation, but the sustainer of our lives, wants a relationship. And so break this down with me for just a minute. I want, I want to think about relationships, right? When you start to look at people that you have relationships with, right? And if we start on, on one end, we could start with acquaintances, right somebody's an acquaintance that's like the most casual relationship you can have oh do you know so and so you know John I yeah I kind of know John right and so maybe you take me up to hey have you met John before and I'm thinking man if if I say I've met John before maybe he doesn't remember meeting me I don't think we've met and then I'm going to be kind of embarrassed but if I say we haven't met before and John's like yeah we've met then I'm the rude guy right so I love to jump to the, good to see you, right? I like to throw it like, I don't answer the question. I don't know if we've met before, but it's sure is good to see you, John. Because we're acquaintances. Maybe we know each other, maybe we don't. Maybe we we bump each other, you know, in the hallway or in the store. Maybe I go with the, you know, the head nod. the You know, that, hey. And and then if I don't get it back, I, can, I was just turning to look at something else, right? I wasn't nodding at you, no. Uh, you know, that's an acquaintance, right? Somebody we barely kind of sort of know, right? A friend of a friend who's, Uncle, anyways, you, you get you get it, right? And so then the next level would maybe be, I, I kind of would group like coworkers and like very casual friends, right? Not like the close co-workers. You know, you've got like your, that if you work at a big company, maybe you've got your department that you're close with, right? Maybe they're some of your closest friends. But then there's just people, you just work at the same place, right? And so you know each other. You got your friends, right? That you maybe, whatever, your kids are on the ball team together so you know each other. So you can stand and kind of have some small talk with those friends and then you've got your close friends right i mean we got close friends who you really have conversations with who you can't wait to see like maybe you got here this morning and you looked for a close friend hope he's here hope she's here this morning i hope i mean i've got to make sure i get back there when church ends because i want to say hey i want to find out how the how the trip went i want to find out about the new puppy they got right we got a new puppy uh a a few days i guess two days ago the days you know she's keeping us up a little bit so we're tra- if you've got dog training tips, just come hit me up afterwards. So, um, but, you know, you want to find out those things about your close friends. And then you've got your best friends, right? We start to move into family friends. I've got family friends. I love family friends because you don't see them all the time. But I know I've got family friends that, man, I could call right now. I could get my phone out. And I could call these family friends. And they would, w- whatever it is, we got you, Will. We got you covered. And so we move in and we go through these levels of relationship. I'm getting into too much detail here. We, We move through these levels of relationship. We got family, right? I mean, we got family. And hopefully we can share everything. Hopefully we're close. Hopefully we've got a group, whether it's family. Maybe for you it's not family. Maybe it's your best friends. Maybe it's a work group. But you've got people you can share with. You can say, hey, here's where I am. Hey, I'm struggling right now. Hey, can you help me out? And so we've got people we can share things with. And what I think is incredible is that God himself wants that type of relationship with you and me. It's not the head nod kind. It's not the, I think maybe we met, but I've got, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going over here. No, God wants that relationship. That's what prayer and fasting is about. It's not about me telling you how many hours I spent praying and what I did and how I fasted and how this. No, it's about Having a relationship. I remember when I gave this speech, I, I forgot about this, but things started. To, my memory started to flood my mind. And when I went to give this talk back in 2012, my son was 15 months old at the time. My son Mac, if you know him, if you see him running around, he'll be 10 on Tuesday. Uh, so I was t- joking last night about how much of an expert parent I'll be on Tuesday because I'll have a kid that double digits. So just come talk to me if you need advice. I've pretty much got all that figured out not a big deal really um but he was 15 months old at the time and I remember that 15 month old and I should have gotten Laurie a picture to put up but I remember that 15 year old would come running up to me and grab my hand and pull me along to go show me something that he was playing with in the dirt or that 15 year old would run up and he'd put his hands out and that was his way of saying pick me up daddy and I would pick him up and hold him I remember that 15-month-old when I would toss him up in the air, and he would laugh and laugh and laugh, and I would catch him. I picked him up the other day, and I thought, man, I'm getting old and weak. Um, so, but I, I, I just, that relationship, and at the time I didn't have a daughter. I have a daughter now, too. But the point is, there are relationships that bring us joy, right? I mean, I just love, in fact, last night I was kind of getting ready for, for this morning, and i knew my son was playing mario kart and i thought i need a break from getting prepared and i need to go play some mario kart so i snuck upstairs and did a little mario kart race because i love being with my son it brings me joy i love being with my daughter i love being with my family i love being with i look around this room with so many of you because you bring me joy and then when we think about that's exactly how god looks at each one of us we bring him he delights in us he says if you'll do this if you'll pray if you'll fast i will reward you he the the way that i want to reward the people that i love he wants to reward us the same way he wants that for us he wants that with us he wants to celebrate us and so we have a god who wants a relationship with us we're going to sing in a little bit he is for you he is for you he is for you. We have a God that is for us. So I want to pivot just a little bit, Um, talking about prayer, and I got to thinking about when Lacey and I came to Fourth Avenue, I guess a little over four years ago, and we were at a church where we had acquaintances, but we had family and friends and family friends. I mean, we had all the things, and we felt like God was putting it on our hearts to leave that place, and we didn't know where he wanted us to go, and it was really confusing at times. And I remember praying and just thinking, God, what are you, what are you doing? And I show up now and I go, wow, we've got friends, we've got family, we've got family friends, we've got close friends, we've got best friends. And so God put us right where he wanted us to be. And I remember when we came to 4th Avenue and like the story of so many of us, right, we came to visit, we came to check it out, we came to see what was going on here and we just kept coming back, right? I mean, that's just, that's the story. That's the story if you start talking around to people. Um, So we just kept coming back. So here we are, and we said, we want to get involved. We want to be involved. And so one of the things, one of our prayers was, God, give us us ways to be involved. And we love being involved with the youth group. So we somehow managed to get involved with the youth group. And really, and I, I looked around this morning, I think I saw some visitors. If you're visiting with us, stick around and talk. No pressure to become members and get involved, but stick around and just talk. And, and it's amazing how you can develop relationships here and get involved and find yourself a part of the family. I mean, you just all of a sudden you're just part of the family. And so we get involved with the youth group. And one of the things, and this is something where, where I feel like God rewarded us. This is not saying, oh, we, we got involved with the youth group. This is saying, man, God blessed us. He blew the, I mean, he just blew the doors off any expectations that I have. One of the things they needed was somebody to host one of the youth group life groups. And so we said, sure, we thought about it, we prayed about it, and we said, sure, we'll host a youth group, life group. And so they were then seventh and eighth graders that started coming to our house, and I'm thinking, man, (laughs) these seventh and eighth graders are gonna tear my house up, they're gonna be loud, I've got little kids, Sunday Sunday afternoon and Sunday night is kinda like when we get ready for the week, we can like maybe just, maybe for a minute, kick our feet up, and we're gonna give that up. And God has blessed us beyond my wildest dreams with that. And those 7th and 8th graders are now 10th and 11th graders. They've gone from being these little kids to being these young adults. And, and now my kids look up to them and can't wait for them to come over. And so it's this incredible relationship that we have. They're, they're family to us. We view these, these students as family. And we've been extremely blessed with them. And I can tell you this about our young people. I'm about to, I'm about to even prove this to you but they are incredibly smart they're bright they're funny they're energetic man are they energetic i'm you know they're going hey will what game are we playing next and i'm going i was thinking maybe we we're going to bed but i don't know oh, i'm tired so uh, they're energetic but most importantly they absolutely love jesus they love jesus and it is evident in the way they live It's evident in the way they talk. It's evident in the community they have with each other. It is evident through so many different ways, and that has been incredible for us to get to witness, for our family to get get to witness and be a part of that. So a couple of weeks ago, we were having our typical life group. They come over, we eat dinner, we eat something, you know, they don't care whatever food we put out, they'll eat it. We try to make it good, but sometimes, you know, whatever we eat we play some games usually we try to do something a little bit fun or maybe they just talk they're just giggling and laughing about stuff and I'm just kind of doing like pretending I'm laughing too I don't know what they're talking about but um and then there's the Devo right and we're gonna have a little Devo we're gonna have some Jesus time and and some nights that goes incredibly smooth and well and it's amazing and other nights I feel like I totally messed it up and I don't know that I got anything across but they they probably are way ahead of me and they're thinking man we you know we're good so so anyways one night a couple weeks ago I thought you know I'm going to challenge them a little bit I'm I'm going to ask some sort of tough questions tonight I'm going to kind of see I'm just going to gauge I need to gauge where we're at on some things and so I had three questions that I had come up with And I had a scripture that we're going to we're going to read in a few minutes this scripture in Acts chapter 2 but I thought I'm going to ask them these three questions let's see how they answer and then we'll use scripture to kind of steer us in the right direction right we can kind of correct if we need to a little bit because there's no telling what they're going to say and so I asked the first question and I want you to understand I asked these questions and then I just I zip my lips and i listen I don't really have the answers and and I'm not going to give what I what I do think but I thought I'm going to ask them these questions and just sit and listen so here's what I asked them here's the first question this was to 10th and 11th graders that are members of our church and our youth group here at fourth avenue So I asked him this question, I said, what is the primary function of the church? I thought about the word role, what is the role or the job of the church, but we landed, we kind of together said, what is the primary function of the church? I thought this is a relevant question with where we are in a time of discernment, right, in a time of what kind of church do we want to be? And, and I thought, what a, what a question for them. And I thought, especially in the church climate that we're in right now, it, COVID aside, but it, with COVID and the way that's been impacted, but I feel like sometimes it is hard for churches not to slip into a, a mentality of, we've got to please our consumers, right? We've got to have the bright lights. We've got to make it comfortable. It's got to be trendy, all that kind of thing. And, and, and so I know that's a tempting place for churches to go sometimes. And so I'm thinking, I want to hear what 10th and 11th graders have to say about this. They, well, what are they going to want? What do they think the church is supposed to do? Have a great worship service, maybe? maybe you know, I, I had, my, I had my, my answers that I thought I would get. I thought, all right, let's see what we get. And I want to tell you what they said, okay? I was thinking that, you know, have a great worship service, have a great youth program, maybe have great music, but this is what they said. The primary function of the church is to encourage one another to push each other to be better to move each other closer to jesus they they said this also the primary function is not to be satisfied staying where we are and being complacent but to continue to constantly improve (laughs) i mean this is what tempted i mean i'm blown away i'm going wow that's incredible i mean i was just blown away to continue to be better to encourage one another. That's the job of the church I thought wow, we get we forget that right we get so busy doing church that we forget what church is And so I thought wow I needed to hear that tonight and I thought I was asking them the tough question and, and I'm the one that needed to hear what they had to say about that So the next question was this And I want you to think about what your answer is All right, not looking for the church answer, but think about what your answer is What things okay? What things are absolutely necessary in order for church to function, right? What do we have to have in order to have church, right? That's what I was kind of thinking. I mean, my own question. I'm thinking, man, I've got, what, five, six, ten things I can list right now. I mean, we got to have like, a, we gotta have a budget, right? If we're gonna have church, because we gotta, you know, have a building to have church, right? I mean, there's gotta be a building. If there's a building, there's utilities. We need a preacher, and if we're gonna have a preacher, we need, uh, you know, somebody to lead worship, and, you know, and all of a sudden, I've got 20 things we have to have to have church, right? Man, in order to have church, oh my goodness, Gary's thinking, yeah, we gotta have all that stuff, right, Gary? And there's the, all the things I forgot, because I don't even think a half of it, right? And so we've got list pages long of all the things we gotta have. Listen to what they said. The main thing, This is what we've got to have in order for church to function. The main thing is a sense of community where we can be open and honest with each other. Can I get an amen to that? A sense of community where we can be open and honest with each other. Wow, again, I was going, good night. This is incredible. I I thought that'll preach right there, and sure enough, that's preaching. So... Uh, so, so the last question was this, okay? I thought still, I thought, okay, I can still get them. Man, they've, they have, they've answered the first two right, but I've, I'm going to get them with this last one. I'm going to hook them right here. I'm going to catch them. So this was the last question. Who? Who is primarily responsible for making sure the church functions as it should? We talked about what the church what its function should be. We've talked about what it has to have in order to function. And then I said, okay, but who's got to do that, right? Who's got to do that? Elder shepherds, staff, pulpit minister, children's worship. What a, you know what they said? You already know. Every single one of us, right? They said <laughs> it is each one of our responsibility to make sure the church functions like it should. Uh, they didn't put it on somebody else. I thought, man, this is their chance. They can, they can pass it off, right? We can always pass it off to somebody. They said, no, it's up to us. And I would, I, I would challenge you. I mean, that's what we do with this life group is we do church. They come over. We eat together. In fact, we're going to see in a minute in Scripture. That's what church does. They eat together. In fact, Mark, if you want to be bringing your team up. Um, but I want to challenge you. And, and what, a perfect, what a perfect opportunity tonight As Dean is leading a life group, is it in here, Dean? Okay. So, so in the youth room tonight, you've got the opportunity to just experiment with a life group because I want to challenge you. Your group is here at 4th that you can be honest with, that you can be open with, that you can be best friends with. Maybe you already have it, maybe you haven't found it yet, but that group is here. And I would challenge you to pray. Maybe you need to fast. Have that relationship with God and say, where's that group, God? Where are they? Because I want to experience that. I want that blessing. I want that reward. I want that for everyone here at Fourth Avenue. So I'm going to ask you to stand with us. We're going to read a scripture. I'm going to read a scripture for us. Then we're going to sing a song, and we'll be dismissed. So we're going to have a scripture. We'll sing together, and then hope you have a wonderful day. We've got classes and things to stick around if you're visiting with us. Give us a chance to talk to you and and get to know you a little bit. But I'm going to close us with this They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved.